My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. Merry Christmas from your friends at the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene. We're so glad that you have chosen to join us as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place with Quirinius, the governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. He belonged to the house in the line of David, and he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn. A son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord, and there will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and get this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. They were lying in the manger. And when they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We wanted this Sunday to be able to focus a lot on singing the, the, the carols and the hymns that, are, that we know well and that we love, and I hope that you've enjoyed singing those. I've had my song hanging off my neck the whole time we were singing. That was a blast. Uh, uh, I, I want to share with you just, just briefly uh, a word from uh, Luke chapter 2. I'm not going to reread it. It was read uh, beautifully for us from Nancy. Um, this, this story of Jesus' birth, this, this time is an uh, experience of the shepherds hearing that the Messiah has been born. This is the realization of the hope that they've had for a long time, uh, that there would be peace, that there would be newness, that God would speak again into their lives. They had been waiting for a long time for, for God to fulfill His promises, for God to hear their cries. A prophet hadn't been in the land for a while, and they were beginning to wonder, where's God in all this? What's going on here? And so they, they were yearning for, there was still this promise, this hope for Messiah, this, this promise that, that God would be with them. And, and so they're, they're longing for this, and they're wondering, okay, where is this peace we're hoping for? Where is this Messiah? Where is this um, 
son of David. Uh, where's God in all of this? And so uh, part of what's happening to lead to this place in Bethlehem is, is that census. Now, when we think of census, a lot of times we think, oh, that's how we're going to find out how many representatives we get. <laughs> that's the purpose of the census, right? Well, maybe in a, a republic or a democracy, but not so much in a uh, uh, before that. Uh, the purpose of a census is so you know um, how many people you can expect to uh, mobilize if you need to for your defense or for uh, your offense in war. And so that's the purpose in many ways of a census. Imagine if in 1776, King George, instead of announcing the rising of taxes, said, we're going to do another census because we still really don't like those French. And, uh, you know, maybe Americans that are throwing over tea would have done something else. And because uh, uh, they would have known, oh, wait a minute, what? You're doing a, a new census? Does that mean you're sending our children overseas for, the, for your war against the French? You know, that's what a census meant. And so there is this very real kind of specter looming over them. Caesar is taking charge. And Caesar is going to have us do whatever he wants us to do. Where is the peace and the hope and the goodwill? Where is indeed the promise of God to bring deliverance? This is what they're wondering. And so when the angel comes and announces the birth of Jesus and says, To you this, born, this day is born. In, in the city of David, a Savior, someone who's going to save you from all of that, someone who is the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed of God to lead and serve you, indeed the Lord himself. They go, what? And they are amazed because they have been longing and waiting for this. This is the day we celebrate, of course, that birth. Now, the birth of Christ is told in just Matthew, which we heard last week. And in Luke, the other two Gospels don't record the birth of Jesus as we know. It's kind of curious about that. The, we make a big deal about the birth. We've had four weeks leading up to this story about the birth. And of course, Christmas is one of the biggest holidays. Uh, and so here we are, we make a big deal about this, but yet it only shows up in two Gospels. You see... One of the things that is uh, Mark, instead, to talk about who Jesus is and how important he is, just points to the miracles in his story. And in and, and the Gospel of John, he just points to his relationship with God the Father. And uh, this, the story of the birth is linked completely with the story that is shared in all four Gospels, and that is the story of the resurrection. That this birth that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is, is uh, along the family line of David. All of this is tied to the resurrection. If God doesn't raise him from the dead, then this birth story just falls away to become another legend, another myth, another just kind of story. But this story we find, indeed, holds truth and gravity precisely because God has proved it through the resurrection. And because of this, God has said, my desire and my hope is indeed to save not only these people, but the entire world as well, and to welcome them into my family. My concern is so great for this that I will come and dwell among them.
The Gospel of John, in fact, uses an illustration to talk about this and says Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, when we think of the light of the world, it's, it's, a, it's a strange analogy, but I know that we have in this church lit, for instance, a Christ candle. We have our Advent candles. We have symbolism to indicate that God is with us or desires to be with us. And it's strange indeed to kind of think even of candles. That Sometimes I can't help but think, if we say, well, this candle means this, we, we just kind of sit back and say, well, okay. <laughs> for us, candles for the most part mean... Something relaxing and nice, right? If we want our house to smell a certain way, we light a scented candle and go, ah, isn't that nice? Or if we want a certain kind of ambiance or something like that, you put a candle in your dinner table or a candle in the bathroom or whatever for your bath or whatever. You want a certain kind of ambiance, a, a kind of relaxed feel, you light a candle. That's kind of what it's for. In the last kind of almost 200 years, candles for a source of light, just haven't been as necessary with all the electricity and stuff that we enjoy. It's just, it's just not necessary. That wasn't always the case. The reason why the churches have always used those as symbolism is because even, uh, even when it was daylight, if they would hold their services in a large church that didn't have necessary uh, as huge windows as we have in this church, still, without electricity, the candles would at least push back the shadows. And illuminate for us what, what, what it is that's being read or one another's faces or whatnot in the various cathedrals and churches of history. We got a picture of how important that was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> a couple of days ago, our power went out as it did for everybody, just about everybody on Friday. And the sun had gone down, and it's light, and we can't see anything. And of course, you know, we, first thing we do is we pull out our phones, flashlight app, okay, now we can see where we've got to go. But even those batteries wear out over time. But we had in our house some large, white pillar candles, just like that. And we lit those, and I carried that everywhere. It went to the bathroom with me, and went anywhere in the house I had to go. It, because I needed that to see the light. And, I, and it w- was not lost on me at all when I'm looking at this candle and saying, this is the exact candle we light every Sunday here on this table that say this is the Christ candle. And this light represents for us the presence of God among us. And in Christmas, we move it over here to put it here to remind us we are expecting and waiting for the birth and His arrival. So we don't light it because we're waiting. We're expecting and then come, come Lent season, when uh, Good Friday comes, the, 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 the Friday before Easter, we extinguish the candle. And then we make a big deal of carrying it into the sanctuary and lighting it to say, hey, the life is here again. That that candle's always signifying for us the light of Christ. And, and I found myself that day thinking of how indeed this candle is pushing back the darkness. This candle is illuminating a path. This candle is allowing me to navigate what has just befallen us. (laughs) And that is the story of Christ. It's the hope for the shepherds in this story, and it's still the hope for us, that whatever comes our way, that our Lord wants to illuminate a path of what God has in store for us, that Jesus Christ wants to push back at the shadows in the darkness that come, that He will indeed be a light in this world, that the story of the nativity is the story that our God cares so much about us that He wants to be with us in this mess. 
in that manger, in that town, among those people, and whatever we're going through as well. That is part of the joy of Christmas. And so we get to turn to that Christ, the light of our life, the, the one who is indeed the source of our hope. And so how do we do that? What does that look like then to turn to Christ in the moment of those darkness? And I found myself thinking of this Advent candle. It means to walk and live with, with hope. It means to be a people who, who, who seek to live out and hope and pray for peace and yearn for that. It means to find ways of sharing and expressing joy about what God is doing among us. And it means, of course, to love as Christ has loved and to uh, expect that that love is indeed going to help us see Christ at work among our life. That this season of Advent, of, of folks on all those, are precisely what we are looking for and expecting out of Christ, but they're what we are welcomed into as well to help share the Spirit of Christ with our world and to be who God has called us to be. This Christmas, we're going we're, we're to go back. We're going to see family. We're going to share that time together. We're going to have opportunity indeed to... Um, Communicate God's love to celebrate this. And this Christmas season is going to continue. Next Sunday, it's, I know it's going to be New Year's, but you can expect that we're going to sing some more Christmas songs. Uh, in the church season, we, we extend it just a little bit. But we'll still celebrate some of that. But we are going to find opportunities where we can say, hey, as, as we continue to go wherever God leads, whatever the new year brings, we're going to continue to say, we want to be a people of hope of peace, of joy, and love. And trust indeed that God has met us where we are. No matter how dark it gets, Christ will still be there. And we can turn to that light, that source of salvation. And He will be with us. I'm so excited to celebrate that with you today, to sing about that. I just wanted to kind of remind us of that from the story of Luke, that this story is a story that indeed took place a long time ago, but is still the source of our encouragement and our faith today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this day of of celebrating the birth of your Son, our Savior, And I thank you that your Holy Spirit is still at work today, that we can draw near to your Son, that we can be empowered to walk and live faithfully as he did. That, Heavenly Father, uh, we might see that you are the God who has always desired to welcome us into your family. I thank you, Lord, that with this birth comes the promise of a future that indeed you are pleased to dwell among us, that there is a promise of the resurrection and there is a hope for today, that there is a light wherever there's darkness. Thank you again, Lord. We praise you. We thank you. We want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus today. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son be with you in truth and love. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon podcast of the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene. May the child in the manger find a place in your heart this Christmas.